Welcome back, everyone, to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. This is episode eight. It is Tuesday evening, and the Rangers just a few minutes ago closing the book on a 4-1 victory against the visiting Tampa Bay Lightning in a game that was obviously a lot tighter, a lot more competitive than the final score would indicate. But nevertheless, the Rangers really had the better of play from really the opening face-off all the way to the end. I thought, you know, for the most part, you know, the Lightning, they're a talented team. They're going to get a couple pushes every now and then, and they did once in a while. But for the, the Rangers, for the most part, spending a ton of time on Tampa Bay's side of the ice, looking sharp, good passes, so a couple of beautiful goals, and Philip Heedle making his, well, not his NHL debut, but his season debut in the NHL. Of course, the Rangers recalling him from Hartford yesterday. He comes up, he gives the team a lift. He looked great the entire night, and he ends up getting the game-winning goal. Ryan Lindgren, the Rangers' other call-up, he looked impressive as well. Lindgren skated in five games with the New York Rangers last season. That was his first taste of NHL action, but this is his first taste of NHL action this season, and he fit in pretty seamlessly, looking pretty good for the Rangers, logging 15 minutes and four seconds of ice time, and even picking up his first career point in the NHL, assisting on Adam Fox's goal in the third period that made the score 3-1. to one. But We're going to get into all that in just a second, but first, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about... Dan Girardi returning to Madison Square Garden tonight. Dan Girardi, solid as a rock for many, many years with the New York Rangers, had an outstanding career with the Rangers, spent the last two seasons in Tampa Bay, retires in the offseason, but he was back tonight. The Rangers, before the game, really, you know, gave him, the Garden, I thought, gave him really a hero's welcome. The fans were great. They, they really gave him a nice standing ovation there. Uh, an outstanding video tribute to Girardi. Girardi is joined on the ice by his wife and his two kids, and the video was great because it kind of highlighted, you know, the players on the Rangers who are still there who were teammates of Girardi when Girardi was in New York. And there aren't many of them left, but they all got to speak in the video. Lundquist got to say his piece. Uh, Mark Mark Stahl got to talk, and I believe Kreider got to talk as well. Just a really well-put-together video. You can tell just how much this guy was loved by his teammates. Just a great New York Ranger for so many years. It's a shame he couldn't ever get to lift the Stanley Cup with the Rangers, but obviously a part of some really deep postseason runs, and, and Ranger fans just love the guy. And really, I mean, you don't have to be a Ranger fan to appreciate the type of game that Dan Girardi played. I mean, this guy would basically just throw himself in the way of any slap shot. He would dive face first to stop the puck with his face if that's what it took to win the game. He would do whatever it takes. A totally selfless player, loved by his teammates, loved by his goalie, Henrik Lundqvist, loved by the fans. And even if you're not a Rangers fan, you could be a fan of the Islanders, the Devils, the Penguins, the Fly anybody, anybody, anybody. And you have to appreciate the way this guy played hockey because he was a completely selfless player, never took a game off, sacrificed his body to get wins, and who knows? I mean, he's only 35. He's retired. It's possible. Maybe he even gave away a couple of years of his career because of, you know, just how basically all out he played every night, just completely fearless, a completely physical style of play. Girardi was tough as nails, but the interesting thing about him, big dude as well, obviously, I don't think he was the kind of guy that, you know, ever really went looking for trouble out there, even though he had size on just about every other player on the ice. But he was just a guy who was always in position defensively. He could throw some checks, and and more than anything, I think he'll be remembered for his his ability and his willingness to block shots, and, and especially in the playoffs. He never gave it a second thought. If, if somebody was going to take a shot and he had a chance to prevent that shot from getting at the net, never mind the fact that the goalie might stop it. If he could just prevent the shot from getting at the net, he was going to lay out and he was going to sacrifice his body and, and block that shot. One thing I did not realize about Girardi is, 
you know, obviously you can use the eye test or you can look at the numbers and you know how good this guy was at blocking shots and how willing he was to block shots. Dan Girardi is the NHL's all-time leader in block shots. Nearly 2,000 in his career. Unfortunately, the league did not begin tracking block shots until 2005, so I don't think we really have a true official number as to how many shots he blocked, but he is recognized as the league's all-time leader in block shots. I mean, you look at some of the more, you know, prevalent stats among skaters in the NHL, some of the more the more prestigious records, if you will, and you've got goals, you've got assists, you've got points, you've got hits, you've got maybe plus minus you could throw in there. How many more stats are we going to reel off here before we start talking about block shots? This It's got to be one of the top 10, you know, most important stats in the NHL as far as, you know, skaters, not kind of goalies, just skaters. And Dan Girardi has more of those than anybody else ever. So stay with me on this one because this is going to get a little crazy. But Dan Girardi only made one all-star team in his career. But I propose to you this question. Is he a Hall of Famer? Now, hang on. I know you're. I know what you're thinking. He wa- Okay, listen. He was a good player. He keyed some Ranger playoff runs, but he wasn't that great. But at the same time, the NHL Hall of Fame, is it really complete if you have a stat like block shots and you don't? don't include the guy who has more of them than anyone else in the history of the game? Does leading a sport and the entire sport's history in a stat not get you entry to the Hall of Fame? It's something to think about. You know, again, I he doesn't have, you look everywhere else, he doesn't have the kind of numbers or the kind of credentials to be a Hall of Famer. But when you just take into consideration the fact that he leads the NHL in, in all of history in a fairly prevalent stat, I think he's at least got to be considered, right? The conversation needs to happen at least a little bit. So anyway, I've talked enough about Girardi. We got to get into this game here. Rangers versus Lightning. Rangers claiming a huge 4-1 win. But just so cool to see him back and getting to be on the ice. You know, his two former teams there and getting a great warm reception from the Garden Faithful and just getting to celebrate, you know, what was a great career for the Rangers and also at the end there for the Lightning. And just to run through the line combinations and defense pairings real quick, we, we should probably do that because, you know, as we talked about, Philip Hedl and Ryan Lindgren both called up to the Rangers. We knew they were going to shuffle the deck a little bit. Mika Zibanejad still out with the upper body injury, as we kind of figured he might be. So at this point now, you got a top line, Artemi Panarin, Ryan Strom, Jesper Foss. The second line is Philip Hedl centering Chris Kreider and Pavel Buchnevich. Again, we talked about that as well. We wanted to see Hedl kind of, you know, get into the top six part of the lineup so that he can kind of, you know, do some damage up there and make some noise, and he did that tonight. And then the third line, you've got Brendan Lemieux and Brett Howden and Capo Caco. And then rounding everything off with the fourth line, Michael Haley, Leah Sanderson, Brendan Smith. No surprises there. Uh, kind of what you would figure for the fourth line. As far as defense goes, uh, Brady Shea and Tony D'Angelo on the top pairing, followed by Liber Hayek and Jacob Truba, and then, of course, Ryan Lindgren, making his season debut at the NHL level, and Adam Fox. Now, whose name didn't I call there? That would be Mark Stahl. And we talked about, you know, on on episode number seven, how are Hedl and Lindgren going to fit into the lineup? Who are going to be the odd men out to, to make room for these guys? And Zibanejad's still injured, so Hedl takes his spot. That's simple enough. Fine, cool. But I, when I was attempting to figure out in our last episode which defenseman would be scratched to make room for Lindgren, I pretty much figured it would have to be Liber Hayek just by process of elimination. You know, I didn't see them taking any of the other five guys out, but no, it's Mark Stahl, a 13-year NHL veteran, a healthy scratch for the first time in his career. 
wow. I mean, I'm I'm not even going to sit here and say that it's not the right decision. I just, I didn't think the Rangers would go there. You know, Stahl spent all 13 years of his NHL career with the Rangers. He was the team's first-round draft pick in 2005. He's been a mainstay for the Rangers. I think it's probably fair to say that throughout his NHL career, he's never quite hit the level that the Rangers thought he would because when he was drafted and first coming into this league, everybody thought he was going to be this, you know, killer two-way defenseman. He was going to just be, you know, a beast on both ends of the rink. It never really materialized into that, but he's been a good player for the Rangers over the years, a part of some very successful teams that had some deep playoff runs. And, you know, a concussion that he sustained in 2011 may not have helped his development. Unfortunately, I mean, concussions are... You know, no joke, and he was absolutely lit up by his brother Eric, suffered from post-concussion syndrome, so it's fair to wonder, you know, if that may have, you know, hindered him a little bit along the way, but, you know, yeah, I mean, he's been a a constant for the Rangers, the second longest tenure blue shirt after Henrik Lundqvist, certainly a well-respected player in this league, both inside and outside the organization, a longtime alternate captain for the Rangers, an alternate captain this year. And all of a sudden, it's just kind of like, oh, hey, uh, make room for the new kid. We got this kid coming in. We got to let him play. Crazy stuff. You know, it's crazy to see him. He's now 32 years old and, and a healthy scratch for the first time in his NHL career. You could argue, you know, if, if you want to look at this positively, that, you know, as we talked about Lundqvist, he's going to need some maintenance days. He's going to need to be subbed out of the lineup more than most starting goalies will in favor of his backup goalie. That is the case with Lundqvist. That might also be the case with Mark Stahl. He's blocked over 1,000 shots in his NHL career as well. I mean, those guys, man, when the Rangers had Stahl and Ryan McDonough and Dan Girardi, it was just like, you know, a, a block shot factory. I don't really know what else to call it other than that. But Stahl just blocked so many shots. He's taken a beating over the years as well. So, hey, you know, a couple maintenance days for him, probably not the worst thing either. But, yeah, still just kind of striking to see him as a healthy scratch tonight to uh, make room for Ryan Lindgren. So, yeah, let's go ahead and dive into this game here. Less than two minutes after the puck drops, we get Michael Haley against Pat Maroon in a fight. It was pretty much looking like a draw all the way through, and then Haley really kind of clocked him with a right hand to the side of the head and kind of sent him to the ice a little bit. So you got to give Haley the win there. Uh, Not really sure what sparked this. It might just be Haley wanting to fill his role as kind of the team's enforcer. And, and hey, I mean, he doesn't want to come out of the lineup. You know, there's competition for playing time right now. He's been a healthy scratch at times this season. He's making his second straight start here. So I'm sure he wants to, you know, get in there and, and stand up for his teammates and continue to make an impact with the Rangers. 15 seconds after this, a big pushing and shoving fest kind of breaks out along the boards. Witkowski heads to the penalty box for the Lightning. He kind of put a questionable hit on Lindgren, and, you know, that kind of sparked another fracas there. Maroon, at this point, leaves the penalty box and goes into the tunnel for a trainer as a result of the fight with Haley. He does not come back. Hopefully, he's okay. So the Rangers are on the power play just over two minutes into this game. Tampa Bay has the 28th-ranked penalty kill unit in the league, so that's definitely a weakness for them. They're just over 69%. Kako gets an opportunity. D'Angelo's still kind of running point on the top power play there. Panarin's denied by Vasilevsky in deep, who made a great stick save. Lightning kind of play keep away toward the latter part of this power play and are able to kill it off. But the Rangers, you know, the first 10 minutes of this game or so, they're really skating well. They're, they're far better than they did against the Bruins. There's a sense of urgency. There's a sense of purpose. Even, dare I say, a sense of desperation. Because, again, you know, it's still early in the season, but... Rangers need a win. You know, you can't let this season get away from you this early and find yourself buried in the standings. So the Rangers showing a lot more fight tonight than they did against the Bruins. So then D'Angelo takes a shot from the blue line, and the puck is saved by Vasilevsky. Strom is there, but he can't quite get his stick on it. Capo Caco soon thereafter gets the puck, holds it for a while, kind of shows off that elusiveness that he brings to the table. 
Unfortunately, it doesn't really lead to anything, but Kako looking good, and it would pay off for him a little bit later in this game. On the other side of the rink, Georgiev makes a big save against our old friend Ryan McDonough. McDonough received a pass on the high slot, took a quick shot, but Georgiev moved up in the goal crease, makes a save, steers it aside, and then back the other way, Lindgren, again, making his uh, his season debut with the Rangers, winds up, fires a shot from the blue line, but Vasilevsky reaches down and to his left a little bit and snags the puck, does not permit a rebound. We fast forward just a little bit here, just a couple minutes remaining in the first period. Rangers make a really bad line change. You can kind of at least see why this happened. I mean, the Rangers were, these five skaters were on the ice forever. Tampa is set up in New York's zone. The Rangers just cannot get possession. And when the puck finally moves to the neutral zone, the Rangers go for a change. I mean, they got to get off the ice. They got to get fresh legs out there. But Braden Point gets the puck in the neutral zone, hits the Jets moving into the Rangers zone toward the Ranger net. Brady Shea converges on him a little bit, kind of forces him to go to the outside just a little bit. But Point holds the puck for as long as he can, sends a centering pass to Nikita Kucherov. Kucherov, easy tap in goal, his fourth goal of the season, 1-0 Lightning. Rangers searching for the equalizer late in the first period. Buchnevich passes from behind the net in front to Philip Hedl. Hedl shoots just a bit wide. Hedl played quite a bit during his NHL debut here. He logs 17 minutes and 27 seconds of ice time. And only four Ranger forwards logged more time on the ice than that. They were Artemi Panarin, Ryan Strom, Jesper Foss, and Chris Kreider. But yeah, I mean, Hedl just missed the net here. He continues to look dangerous. And the first period runs out. The Lightning go into the break with a one nothing lead. And the, the funny thing here is the Rangers against the Bruins, not a good night for them, obviously. But they actually had a one nothing lead at the end of the first period, despite being soundly outplayed. And here it's the opposite. They clearly outplay Tampa Bay here. They they head into the locker room, trailing one nothing. Those are the breaks sometimes, but you got 40 minutes left to figure it out. Second period begins. The Rangers have about a minute and a half of power play time that carries over into the second period. Kako and Panarin execute a little give and go. Panarin gets the puck back to Kako, but Vasilevsky makes a stop on the doorstep. Another great save by Vasilevsky. Philip Hedl, again, he gets the puck along the boards in the attacking zone, makes an excellent pass, a long pass across the ice to Chris Kreider. Vasilevsky slides to his right, denies Kreider. Great pass from Hedl, again, looking pretty smooth in his first NHL game. And the Rangers, you know, really showing off some crisp passing here early in the second period. It leads to the Lightning. They're back on their heels. They take a penalty, and the Rangers don't initially score. But what happens is with 20 seconds left on this power play, the Lightning take another penalty. So that means the Rangers get a 5-on-3 for just 20 seconds. They win the faceoff. They get control of the puck. Panarin rifles a slap shot. It's blocked. They work it in deep to Ryan Strom. Strom shoots from a tough angle, and the puck just goes right across the crease, just not quite able to put it home. His shot basically just ran parallel to the goal line and just flat out missed this one. The power play continues as a 5-on-4. The Lightning get one of their guys back. Capo Caco stays patient with the puck in deep. He's in the right faceoff circle there. He's kind of slowly moving in. He gets McDonough to go down into a slide on the ice. McDonough slides out of the way. Kako is denied by Vasilevsky, but the rebound deflects off of Vasilevsky, bounces off the skate of a defenseman, goes into the net. Power play goal for Kako. Game is tied 1-1 midway through the second period. And really, a well-deserved goal there for Kako, a well-deserved goal for the Rangers. They were working hard that entire power play, really working hard the whole game. They had too many scoring opportunities to not have anything to show for it at this point. And, you know, they finally break through. A big goal for Kako. He gets a lucky bounce, obviously, but, you know, the Rangers have been the better team in this game. Sometimes you kind of make your own luck. 
And, you know, the hockey gods just kind of smiled upon the Rangers here. They kind of earned one. Kako will certainly take it. It's just his second goal so far. They all count. Rangers will take it and move on. And we're still waiting to see Kako really sort of take off. You know, he's still, again, I can't stress enough that he's only 18 years old. He's a player who, you know, given his youth, we all need to remain patient. But he played well tonight. He looked dangerous with the puck. He puts just a great move on McDonough here. Gets a lucky bounce. But, you know, who knows? Maybe this is the catalyst. Maybe this is what Kako needs to really get going. Eight minutes and change left in the second period, and the Rangers take a penalty when the Lightning zip into the zone, and Bre Brendan Smith is called for holding. I said the Rangers need to stay out of the penalty box, and they do, but at least here you can kind of understand why the penalty was taken. The Rangers, and, and Brendan Smith specifically, trying to prevent an immediate scoring opportunity, and they do that. Georgiev makes a great early save through traffic on the power play. Brady Shea tries to shoot the puck down the ice, but Sergachev knocks it down the blue line. The Lightning keep the puck in the Rangers' zone for what felt like an eternity. Ranger legs are just dead, but Jesper Foss eventually finds a rebound, sweeps the puck out of the zone, and the Rangers really were back on their heels for about a minute and 15 seconds there. They get a key line change, but Alex Kalorn, just a couple seconds later, receives a pass on the doorstep, and Georgiev makes a great point-blank save. Georgiev again made another save with 20 seconds left in the power play for a stoppage. Georgiev was awesome all night. Really his best game of the season, I would say, but this was his best sequence. Five saves, count them, five saves on this power play. Keeps the game tied at one. Power play ends, but the Lightning keep coming. Really one of the Tampa Bay's best pushes of the game, I would say. They, it was helped along, obviously, by the power play. But, you know, about a minute later, the Rangers retake control. Vasilevsky makes a great kick save on the other side of the ice. Panarin finds the rebound on the doorstep, and Vasilevsky again comes up with a glove save. Vasilevsky, clearly the best player on the ice for the Lightning. Don't let that final score fool you. He was, he was the best player for Tampa Bay tonight, no doubt about it. Late in the second period, game still tied at one. Lightning carrying the puck into the Rangers' zone. They center the puck, but Georgiev makes a slide to his left and just makes a fantastic point-blank save against Matthew Joseph. Again, one of his better saves of the night. I'm kind of running out of adjectives at this point to describe these saves because both these goaltenders were on point, and they are a big reason why the score is still just one-to-one -one heading into the third period. And really, you look at it, the two goals that they gave up, one each, there was nothing really either one of them could have done on either goal for the most part. I mean, both those shots would have been very, very difficult to stop. So, game still tied at one, second intermission. I want to talk a little bit about this sequence to start the third period here. Lindgren and Carter Verhey are involved in a collision along the boards behind the Ranger net. Could have been a penalty on Verhey, nothing called. But, you know, we're about two minutes into the third period here, and at the end of the, all this, you know, there's a play stoppage. Yanni Gord shoves Brandon Lemieux in the face with his stick, and then Lemieux wants to drop his gloves for a fight, and Gord wants no part of it. So I really had an issue with that because, you know, Gord, you're going you're gonna to basically cross-check somebody across the face during a play stoppage. If you're going to do that, then you better be ready to answer the bell if that guy wants to drop the gloves and fight because you started the whole thing, and then you don't have the stones to fight a guy who's smaller than you. So totally gutless on Gord's part there. This could have been a penalty against Lemieux as well. Um, fortunately, the refs had enough common sense not to call anything against Lemieux because, you know, I mean, Lemieux, he did drop his gloves there, but he was baited, and, you know, just a couple seconds before, he's met with a cross-check across the face from a guy who apparently doesn't want any trouble. You know, as soon as Lemieux wants to take things to the next level and respond to getting cross-checked across the face and drop the gloves and fight like men, Gord wants no part of it. But this also did establish a precedent that the refs are going to let them play in the third period here. It's been a great hockey game so far. They're going to let the skaters decide the outcome. They're not going to take matters into their own hands too much unless there's something, you know, egregious and something that they just have to call. But yeah. Refs at this point setting a precedent. They're not really going to call too many penalties here in the third period. 
Luber Hayek gets a chance in deep for the Rangers, and Vasilevsky kind of he kind of an unorthodox save here. He lifts his left leg, makes a great pad save. It worked, and then an immediate two-on-one the other way for the Lightning. But the defenseman takes the pass out of the equation, and Georgiev squares up the shot, makes another great save. Game really opening up here in the third period. We move ahead just a minute or so, and Leas Anderson is behind the Tampa Bay net. He passes in front to Brendan Smith. Smith is denied by Vasilevsky. The puck ends up back behind the net. Anderson is clearly tripped here behind the net. Now, I know they're letting them play. I know they set that precedence and everything, and they're not really going to call anything, but come on, man. I mean, like, this was blatant. This is a tripping penalty anywhere in the universe. Unfortunately, it's not called. You know, it's a missed call. It happens. Refs make mistakes. Still 1-1, about 12 minutes to play at that point. About seven minutes and change remaining in the game. The Rangers force a turnover. Great defense on this play from both Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren in their own zone. But Pavel Buchnevich steals the puck along the boards. He carries into Tampa Bay's zone. He passes to his left, right between a pair of Lightning defenders, including Ryan McDonough. And he's trying to get the pass to Philip Heedle. And Heedle, it's kind of just a desperation play. He just fully extends his stick with one hand on his stick. And the puck deflects off of his stick into the twine. Clutch goal by Philip Heedle. His first NHL game of the season, he gets his first goal, the game-winning goal, in fact, and really doesn't get much better than that. He looked good all night. He breaks through here. Rangers up 2-1. to one. So last five or six minutes here, we get some loud Let's Go Rangers chance from the Garden. We get some more strong play from Georgiev between the pipes. We get some more chippiness after seemingly every play stoppage. There's a get-together. Guys are pushing and shoving. It's an intense game, you know, and you get the feeling that Ranger fans put a lot of stock into this game. The Rangers really needed a win here. They didn't need a competitive loss against a good team. They didn't need an overtime loss. They needed a win. The Rangers shook up the lineup before the game. And again, you know, it's still early in the season, but the Rangers need a victory here tonight. They had the better of play, and you got to turn that into two points. And that's what they're able to do with about three minutes left in this one. Sergachev hits the post for the Lightning. So Rangers catch a little bit of a break there. But less than 30 seconds later, the play goes the other way. Lindgren moves the puck along the boards to Kreider. Kreider goes in on the rush, shoots from the top of the circle. He's kind of shooting for the rebound, I think, because I, I don't think when Kreider let this puck go, he thought he was going to beat Vasilevsky with this shot. But Vasilevsky makes a stop. Adam Fox is trailing the play. He gets a juicy rebound. He stuffs it home for his first career NHL goal. Big congratulations to him. 3-1 Rangers. So Lightning pull the goalie with about 130 left. They're chasing two goals. They, they need a goal here bad. Rangers try to clear the zone. Stamkos gloves it down, rips a wrist shot, but Georgiev comes up big again. Another great glove save, no rebound. A couple seconds later, Ryan Strom takes the puck away from Stamkos along the board. He skates into the neutral zone. He gains the red line. He shoots, and he scores on the empty net. 4-1 Rangers. That was indeed the final. And just a big win. I mean, look, we can sit here and we can talk about, oh, well, you know, the Lightning, they aren't as good this year as they were last year. Yeah, well, who's going to be that good two years in a row? Probably not too many teams. Probably not too many teams ever. Still a big win. Obviously, we still know the kind of talent that Tampa Bay has. The Rangers come from behind. They beat a very good hockey team, a very talented hockey team, a very dangerous hockey team. And pretty much everything goes right. You know, we start the night with a great tribute to Dan Girardi. We get a jump on them early in the game. We get great goaltending play from Alex Georgiev. We get Philip Hedl in his first NHL game of the season, scoring the game-winning goal. Adam Fox hits his first career goal. Just a fun night. Great win for the Rangers here. Just good stuff all around. So that's going to wrap things up for Episode 8 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. The Rangers are not back in action until Saturday. They are done for the month of October. On Saturday, they will be in Nashville, taking on another good team, another hot team. The Predators have won four in a row. 
The Predators do play a home game against the Calgary Flames on Thursday on Halloween night. But regardless of what happens there, Rangers taking on another talented team, another hot team. As I said, four straight wins for the Predators. And we'll look forward to that. Going to be another great test. Puck drops at 2 p.m. Eastern time in Nashville. We'll talk all about it after it happens. We'll look forward to seeing you guys back here again. If you want to get in touch, go ahead and shoot an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys, for joining. I'll see you next time.